Digital Marketing Radio, episode 151. How to connect with your subscribers. DigitalMarketingRadio.com I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio. Weekly interviews with online marketing gurus. Catch up with all the previous episodes at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain I'm joined today by a man who helps his clients get more clients from their number one business asset their existing customer or prospect database. Welcome to the CEO and co-founder of Viral Marketing, Frank Glissitz. Great. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Frank. Well, you can find Frank over at getviral.com, and that's viral spelt V-Y-R-A-L. So, um, Frank, um, do you find generally that businesses have databases that they're not taking full advantage of? Oh, my goodness, all the time. I mean... (laughs) You know, so often we get so caught up in doing radio, print, TV, outdoor marketing, especially in normal small businesses, local small businesses, or even professional services, maybe those of us that are not in the digital marketing space, let's say, you know, to get new customers where the best place to start is in your existing customer list and how you can get more referral and repeat, maybe even new customers from that. And that's where we pretty much teach people to look is look inward to their, their business for new business as opposed to marketing outward to strangers, at least to start. So why do you think that is? I mean, do you think most companies perceive that it's easier to reach out to new people or do they think it's too hard work or something? Well, I think it probably stems back from, at least for maybe a small business standpoint, is, you know, you're always out making offers. You know, act now, uh, buy now, um, take action now in some way. Here's this, here's this coupon book. Here's this radio ad. Here's this whatever it may be, right, advertisement. Mm. And you can't take that same type of attitude when you market to your database of customers and prospects where you're just sending them ads all the time. It takes a little bit different type of messaging when you're communicating with your existing list, right? And we've all seen what happens if all you ever do with your audience is just send them offers and ads all the time. It tends to burn them out. Mm. So it takes a little bit different way of thinking when you communicate with your existing database than maybe doing uh, traditional marketing to strangers uh, to drive new business out to the, to, you know, the online, large, pay-per-click, you know, radio, print, TV, whatever it is. So when you market to your database, what works better is education-based marketing. Mm. It can also work well to strangers, but for the most part, to your database, like if you were to round up all the people you know, all the people that have been to your store, all the people that you've worked with, all of your unconverted leads, whatever it may be. And when it comes to the online world, all of your unconverted prospects, you're building an email list, we all get that in the digital marketing space. But, um, you know, some type of education-based marketing to that database is what you have to send. And that's a big mindset shift for someone who's been very traditionally trained in maybe, say, direct response advertising. You know, you just can't make offers to your subscribers all the time. And do you feel that traditionally that role was maybe carried out by salespeople and now marketing people are having to be brought in to actually focus more on content rather than actually closing people all the time? Absolutely. It's a different, again, it goes to a different mindset. So if you have salespeople, that's the way that your business works. You know, your salespeople would make a certain number of calls and go on a certain number of appointments and they would start interrupting as many people as they could on the phone or go out and meet people and they would just go straight to the offer. Hey, do you want to buy from us after some trust, whatever it may be? But do you want to buy from us? Do you want to use us? Do you want to hire us? Whatever it is. And the challenge is, as we all know, people just don't really buy that way anymore. They may hear about you, then they want to go online, they want to check you out, they want to read your reviews, watch some videos, read some articles, see who you're associated with. And then when they're ready to buy, they pretty much kind of contact you when they're ready. It's the whole idea between like inbound where you attract people towards you 
versus outbound. Now, there's a place for both. Don't get me wrong. Outbound still works. But you should really complement it with some type of inbound education-based marketing. I think we're going to be going a little bit deeper into that um, into the interview. But again, it goes back to a mindset shift that to succeed in marketing, your marketing has to start by delivering educational, helpful value. Marketing so good that people will be willing to pay for it. That's going to get you the attention. That's going to build the trust. And once you have that, that will give you the permission that's necessary for you to make offers to that list. I know so you, you just su- want to go to the list of offers the entire time. Are you suggesting for marketing people to replace salespeople or marketing people to work Dude. more closely with salespeople? Well, work more closely with salespeople. So marketing, what we're finding with sales is sales is turning into demand fulfillment where salespeople are getting teed up with appointments. People are contacting them. You know, um, here, like for here at our firm, when we bring on new clients, I mean, it's all inbound. People are contacting us for the most part. So as we have someone, you know, hourly that follows up with a lead from the website, or maybe it's a referral, maybe it's a response from a trade show, whatever. Someone's dedicated to lead follow-up. They qualify the lead, the interested person, and they set the appointment for the salesperson. So the salesperson, that's what we traditionally would call a salesperson, but they, they wake up and they just have appointments scheduled for them with prospects. Now, those prospects have been educated by the marketing online and have been converted by a dedicated marketing response rep who has been following up with that lead. And the salespeople can do what they're meant to do. They're meant to be on the phones with qualified people selling, not prospecting, not necessarily doing lead follow-up, dedicated and selling. So what marketing really is, is marketing is the demand generation. Marketing is crafting the story and the messaging and the offer and the testimonials to get it out to the marketplace so people respond back. You can follow up and get them on the salesperson's calendar. Um, that's, that's, that's what we're seeing with marketing. Is it fair to say that salespeople have been too focused on prospecting in the past and perhaps sales departments need to be slimmed down a little bit in order to drive yes. more investment yes. to marketing departments? Yeah, so. salespeople need to be on the phone with qualified prospects. Mm. That's it. I mean... Anything that's not that job, a salesperson's probably not very good at and they don't want to do. I mean, it's just fighting human behavior if you expect your sales team to go out and do a bunch of cold outbound prospecting all day long. Does that work? Yes. But generally speaking, you know, if we're going to go the sales route with this, I mean, here's, here's the four roles that a salesperson has to fulfill. They have to do outbound calling to targeted accounts. They have to do inbound lead follow-up for marketing. They have to do the actual presentations that come from outbound and inbound efforts. And then some people even have their salespeople working with clients. Mm. They may have the account executive working with clients as the account manager and doing the selling. So you may be asked to do four things. You need to outbound make your calls. You need to respond to all these leads. Maybe you got to work with marketing. You got to do all the sales presentations and you have to service the accounts. Now, when you're yourself and you're your own business, you know, you got to do all those things, but generally you want to split those things up. And marketing's job is to create demand. The salesperson's job is to fulfill it. So when a marketer's talking to a database that perhaps hasn't been communicated with for a while, what kind of things do you need to do to start that relationship again, yeah. start communicating with them again? So let's say that you have a database of unconverted prospects, past clients, current customers, just a list of people, a spreadsheet, a list of names that maybe from your you know, it could honestly be your LinkedIn connections, it could be the people on your phone, it could be your company database, it could be a lot of things. You take all those emails and you throw them into one list and you deduplicate them so you have one list of all your connections. And it's people from all over the place. 
and you want to reconnect and educate those people to stimulate some demand so your salespeople can fulfill it in some way. So what do you send? Well, what I recommend is start with like a simple email. And the email is like a, I want to reconnect email. And it goes something like this. The subject line is a personal message. And it would say, um, hi, this is Frank Klesitz. I'm the owner of ABC Shoe Store. And um, I, 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 the reason you're getting this message is because you're a customer here, you've worked with us, or you've communicated with us in some way. And I'm reaching out only for the reason to let you know that you know we're going to start educating you answering questions that are commonly asked about owning shoes and foot care. And we want to send these things to you because we get customers all the time asking us these questions that can really improve the, 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 your sports performance and your balance and whatever it is that it comes to your shoe and foot repair. So um, if you don't ever want to hear from us, go ahead and subscribe. Otherwise, in, in the coming weeks, you're going to receive a video every so often with a helpful tip from our shoe store about you know, how to take better care of your feet and how that relates to performance and daily, and daily activities. And if you ever, and if you want to work with us and you want to buy some shoes, click here. Look okay. forward to talking to you, Frank. Right? So that's the reconnect message. Mm. And then going forward, you know, what do you send them to stay in touch? And here's what would, I kind of alluded it to it in the reconnect email. But the best content to share it with your list or your audience or your subscribers in this case um, is question and answer. It's so simple. You write down a list of questions that are most commonly asked by your subscribers or the questions they should be asking. And then you just record a simple one to two minute video with the answer and you publish that out and you push it out through email and social media to your list, maybe say twice a month on the 1st and the 15th. That's going to keep you in touch. It's dead simple. Anyone can do that. You, we answer questions all day long in our businesses. Why can't we just turn a camera and do the same? And then finally, yes, you rounding up your database and sending out some videos will likely create some nice inbound opportunities for you let alone maybe people find them online and you know, find your videos online and contact you that way. But let's just say your database. But what's really cool, let's talk about our salespeople again, is that when these videos go out to your database, let's say you have a database of 1,000 people, and you send these videos out on the three things you must know before you buy shoes this spring, or something <laughs> like that. Um, it's not really a question, but you get the idea. Um, you, know, you can actually run a list of all the people that clicked that link in the email. Wouldn't it be nice to know all the people in your subscriber list that click the link about what you must know before you buy shoes? Mm. Well, those are the names that I would give to your salespeople or whoever's following up. Hey, of all the people in our database, people who already know us, like us, trust us, people who have an existing relationship with us, here's people that click links and watched a video about wanting to buy shoes. Now, instead of you running around making cold calls, instead of you running around not selling <laughs> or whatever it is, why don't you follow up with these people that click the link in our database about buying shoes? And here's what you want to say. Hey, I see you subscribe to our shoe blog, our shoe videos. I'm just giving you a call because we're all about customer service here. I want to know if there's any questions we can answer for you about purchasing shoes. And honestly, as you, I use shoes as an example. It could be for any business. Sure. Right? And um, that plan works incredibly well. Reconnect with your database. Start sending them two educational videos a month. Then start following up with the people that watch the videos. And it tends to generate business pretty quickly for somebody, especially with the proactive phone call follow-up to the subscriber list in this case. And have you split tested using written content versus video content and found that video content tends to be more engaging and people are more receptive to that? <sighs> you know, I haven't. I haven't done that. And here's the reason why. It takes a very high level of skill for somebody to write in a fashion and in a manner where your personality, your 
psychology, your who you are just oozes from your writing. Mm. That's a very unique skill set, right? So could that be done just through writing? Absolutely. People do it all the time. There's great authors that people almost like build a relationship with the author. You could do it through, through writing. Um, but for most people, when it comes to actually creating content, you know, that the write something is beyond their skill set that's really good. Um, what we found to actually get it out in the first place, I mean, just the struggle of getting the content out is to be interviewed to ask, ask two quick questions. Be like, hey, Bob, you're the owner of this business. Sit down. Here's a camera. I'm going to ask you two questions that you know the answer to. Here's the question. Answer it. And then they answer it and they're done. And the personality of the person comes through on video, the authenticity of who they are. Like, what is it, 90% of, you know, 80, 90% of, uh, of communications, like nonverbal. So yeah. video picks up all the, all the, um, subtleties. Yeah, subtleties of, of, of the person's character, mm. of their authenticity, which helps people get to relate to them, right? And, um, that's why we like video because it's fast, it's easy, it's, 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 it's relatively to having to write something that's really good, um, less intimidating. And video helps you to know the person. So we haven't really split tested it, but, um, Video is what consistently gets out of that subscriber list because it's fast, especially when someone holds you accountable and sits you down and interviews you for your two videos once a month to go out, as opposed to leaving you to your own devices to magically create them every two weeks to nurture your subscriber list. Is it necessary to think of a buyer persona when you're actually creating these videos? Or is it more important just to be natural and just have your own personality drive things? Oh my gosh, absolutely have your own personality come through. I mean, you could totally tell when someone's faking it. Hmm. It's like, hi there, my name is Frank Klesitz with Viral Marketing. It's so great to meet you. You know, <laughs> they probably didn't sound the most authentic or something, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, the only thing I could say is when you record a video is you want to uh, manufacture your enthusiasm in the moment if you have to or come into the video with a little more energy than what you're at right now. You want to come into your video with lots of energy and emotion, because that's what—that's really what video captures is the emotion of the individual, the personality of the individual. And if you could just ramp that up with some emotion and some excitement, with a more excited state, that's going to be better than just kind of like, hi, this is Frank, and I'm really excited to do this interview today. Thanks for having me, David. <laughs> right? Good to have you here, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, that's when you're doing video well and you want to really rock video, you really have to bring uh, – show human emotion. Right. Mm. So I mean, imagine you're on the Facebook feed and you see this video play automatically. If it's just like some boring person there is looking at the camera, you may not really necessarily catch their attention. If you're really over the top, like ridiculous, trying to get their attention, it's like this is really gimmicky and this person's stupid. Right. But if the person just is really authentically, hey, I'm really excited to share this great answer for you today with this question that we're commonly asked from our customers. I want to share it today with you in this video. That's going to get someone's attention. Right. Absolutely. So it's almost like acting coaching, if you will, but it's really acting just to be self-aware of who you are and be that person when you're in front of the camera. And is the only way to measure ROI by seeing obviously how many people clicked on that and getting your salespeople yep. to follow up on that and seeing how many sales results in the end? Great question. Great question. So th this is a very difficult thing to measure ROI because I'm not really, when you're working with your existing database, if you already have someone's name in the list, there's no need to squeeze them again or drive them through a squeeze page. So that you don't really need to take the people that are already in your database and drive them through some other sales funnel, right, to like squeeze them again because you already have their name. Hmm. You only run someone through a squeeze page or an opt-in page if you don't have their contact information. Like if you're going to cold traffic on Facebook, yeah, squeeze them, right? 
and that's linked to a fucking opt-in page or ask mm. email address, whatever it is. But um, if it's your existing list, I wouldn't necessarily keep running them all the time, like every single video they watch that you send out asking them to opt in for it. You already have their name, right? So when you're not asking for opt-ins, yes, it does make it difficult to track ROI. So here's the only way you're ever going to know. All right, so let's say you're doing social media advertising your database. You're doing some videos. You're making some phone calls. And you're spending money on that. Is that bringing you any results? So there's only two ways to know. One, are sales up? If sales are up, maybe that was the only thing that you changed. It's a pretty good likelihood that that influenced sales. You don't know, but sales are up. So that's good. I'll take that. Sales are up. Good. <laughs> Number two is... You have to ask and you have to find out if your database or digital marketing influenced that sales increase. Like how much can you really find out that marginal spend that you spent to your database really brought you that proportionate increase in sales? And yep. here's the only way you're going to know is when someone gives you money, you have to ask them, did my videos or my emails or did any of that influence your decision to hire a purchase from me? It's the only way you're going to know. If you really want to get a number, ask them on a scale of one to 10. And if it's 10, 100% of that sale goes to ROI for digital. And if it's 5, 50%, you can get really crazy if you want. But as far as I'm concerned, are sales up? And then you have to ask the people that give you the money if your digital marketing influence, you can ask them to maybe how much on a scale of 1 to 10. That's the only way you're ever going to know. That's it. End of story. That's a wonderful sequence that you shared with us. So there's a, a lot of value there. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to go back 10, 15 minutes and <laughs> thank you. listen to all of that. So yeah, thank you so much. Coming up, we're going to be talking about um, the one piece of software that um, you couldn't live without. But um, first of all, I'm going to ask the listener, do you want to start your own show? Because I'm in the process of um, putting all my podcasting and live online broadcasting experience into one place and producing a course, a course and how to start and master your very own show. So if that might interest you, dear listener. I'd love your feedback, first of all. So just go to startyourownshow.com and please take two minutes to fill out my survey. Just help me to decide if that's the kind of course that I should be producing. So startyourownshow.com. But let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on Frank's thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So Frank, what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Oh my goodness. Well, I'd probably say the first thing that really helped our business quite considerably is just switching everything over to Google Apps. Okay. The calendar. So we have about 60 employees here at Viral. The, the calendars, the Google Drive, the email all our domain. We run everything on Google Apps. I absolutely love it. Second thing, we run our whole CRM and our drip campaigns and all of our database using on Infusionsoft. God bless them for the rates that they charge, for how many user licenses we have. They're the best value out there. Love those guys. Um, probably the third one, beyond your Adobe Creative Suite, obviously I have that to run a marketing company, but probably one big takeaway that people could use here okay, um, is phonality. Okay. So Phonality is a voice over IP phone system. And the reason we need that is because we have people on the phones all the time here at, at our company. They're on the phones talking to clients, prospects, phones, phones, phones. You know, how are we supposed to be able to listen into what they're saying and to coach the reps on the phones? And what that allows us to do is give us a heads-up display of everyone who's on the phone, who's there, who they're on the phone with, and listen into any call. Whisper in so only the rep or the account manager hears us talking talking to the person to coach them through the call, or we can barge in, you know, to the whole conversation. 
So if you have people on the phones and you need to monitor and coach them, even in a virtual environment, if they're all over the country, I'd recommend something like that. Wonderful. And it's a piece of software or it's a tool that I haven't heard recommended before. So that's a bonus as well. But here's a slightly more challenging question. And that is what piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Don't use? Um, God, what have I stopped using? Or, or... or what have you seen talked about? You thought, I've got to try that at some point. In the well, future. we just started getting everyone on Slack. So okay. instead of having email chats, all over the place with the company. Everyone goes on Slack. We have little rooms for conversation. That has really helped. Um, honestly, the next thing that I want to try is we have to improve our website. I'm not very happy with our website, but I don't want to build the website just like it's on its own native like WordPress platform. I really want to build it on like something integrated like HubSpot. Okay. Where like the website is integrated into like the whole marketing backend CRM which is going to be kind of interesting of how we're going to upgrade our website considering like Infusionsoft so much and want to build it like on HubSpot. Yes, I was going to ask that. Like, yeah, because... Yeah, um, if you anything about that, let me know. Okay. So if you were to build it on HubSpot, you would stay with Infusionsoft as well, would you? Well, here's the deal. It's worth it to us just to handle all the billing and handle all the client communication. I probably would just stick with that just for the okay. billing side of it and the client communication side of it. But probably I have to switch over like our opportunity management for lead follow-up and all of our drip campaigns and funnels. That probably have to go over to HubSpot, we because we, we're getting to the point now where you know Infusionsoft is built for like small business, probably under 25, 30 employees. Mm. We're looking for some more some mid mid market automation software like Marketo or HubSpot comes to mind. Okay, so there's there's lots of software out there. I'm just trialing Autopilot HQ at the moment, and that looks a a lovely tool as well. And I mm -hmm. like tools that also integrate with Zapier, because obviously with APIs you can sync things together and do so much extra as well. Yeah, we integrate, we use Unbounce for all of our landing pages. I find them kind of more on the professional side of landing page building. Right. Um, and um, they do really well, integrates with Zapier and pushes the lead to pretty much wherever I need to, go to send it. So many exciting bits of software out there, but uh, you uh, give, give us some good recommendations, so I'll include um, them in the show notes there at digitalmarketingradio.com. But moving on to... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What mm -hmm. didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Man. Um, I would say the the importance of phone communication. So I had this digital marketing mindset where, you know, we're going to do email and, you know, we're going to have these like digital relationships with people. And when we started picking up the phone and calling the people that are watching our videos and we started calling and getting on the phones, like literally at our company, it's built like a telemarketing center. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not telemarketers, but we're calling our clients all the time to check in at least once a week. You know, we're calling, we're following up 10 times with leads on the phone with educational information. We are on the phone. And I think that's a big competitive advantage for us in the digital marketing space where so many people in digital marketing businesses or digital marketing firms just like don't hit the phones with clients. And then we take it a step further. I mean, we travel to all the events and hold lots of client dinners. We hold special client events. You know, digital is not the foundation. What I've, what I've basically to sum this up, all this digital marketing complements, you know, real in-person relationships done at events and phone communication and the digital complements it. If you're going off and starting a business, you think it's going to be digital first where 
maybe I might see the person or call the person, um, your business is most likely going to suffer, especially if it's a if it's a professional service that you're offering. Do you think that a lot of digital marketers are scared of getting on the phone? Absolutely. Oh, it's it's the highest point of rejection. I mean, a lot of people go into digital marketing because they're afraid of rejection. You know, they don't they don't they don't necessarily want to do a sales job. They don't want to maybe they want to be the solopreneur. They don't want to get rejected in the office place. I mean, a hundred percent of of phone and in person, you know, communication has a high level of rejection and a high level of fear of failure. And a lot of people aren't really willing to do, you know, Skype into team office meetings, lead a presentation that way, or fly out there, or get you know, get twenty of your clients, best clients together for dinner and lead that, or go do a get your best clients together, lead a mastermind or something in that that respect. But um, even with the people here at Viral, I mean, it's it there's there when they come in and they start off, they're just out of college, and we say, look, here's here's a bunch of people you have to get on the phone and call. I'm like, oh my god, you no, know, get on the phone and call. What do I do? <laughs> right? Yeah. So so. You have no idea how many funnels that I've opted into to buy some expensive product or talk to somebody, and all the follow-up is like an email. And nobody ever calls. And if they call, they like outsource it, like it's overseas, yeah, or like the yeah. person calling has no idea what they're saying. You know, um, phone communication, absolutely. It is a key competitive advantage to our success. That's incredible. It's a lot to, a lot to think about, and... Um, I think it's important to do something every day that scares you a little bit and try and improve by doing things that make you feel uncomfortable. You're, you're not going to improve unless you do that. Yeah. Honestly, one of the best things that you can do if you have current clients is making sure you call them, not email every single week. I don't care if they answer, but a phone conversation every single week to show how much you care. And even better, like record a video and send them a video. And then if you could do it, if your margins make sense and you'd afford a $300 flight in that hotel, you know, it costs maybe seven, eight hundred bucks to go meet them. Go fly out there and go meet them for a day. That's what we've done. So the, the phone communication, the relationships are the foundation of the business. And if you're in professional services, especially if you're working with clients in your professional services, the profit and the sustainability of your firm is in the, is in the relationship with the client. And the only way to develop that relationship is to keep communication absolutely strong. And it starts with in-person and phone communication. I think you're good at that. It's very hard to run a digital marketing agency, a professional service. when you only communicate with the client by email. Great advice. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions here. Just two yep. rows. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready to go? Okay. Yeah. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Ooh, audio. Uh, ooh. For me. For me. Okay. Okay. Affiliates or display advertising? Ooh, affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? Oh, one-on-one. -on -one. Paid search or SEO? Uh, paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Telephone. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Oh, email. And local marketing or global marketing? Global. You surprised me a bit by saying audio straight away, but I, I guess you did explain yourself by saying, for me. <laughs> so For me. I, I really enjoy – video is really good, but um, for me to get the content out, um, for really, really good content, I don't want to be focused on how I look or anything like that. Like If I really want to go really deep on content, I love speaking. I love the audio. That's, that's where the messaging is. And, and the other, there's, we, didn't talk, we talked about writing, but we didn't talk about audio. One of the best things about audio is it, is it takes the focus off the individual and it focuses only on the message. 
right? Right. Um, so for me, I'm trying to scale a professional service where it's less me. So I like doing audio necessary. I like doing audio where the focus is on the message or writing, where I'm trying to make it less about Frank Clause. It's more about the firm. That's a whole other discussion. That's what I put audio. And I was thinking that you might sway towards SEO rather than paid search because And I'll tell you why. So paid so SEO, not a big fan. Because I get all this it's a big wide net of all these random people contacting us. It's like, hey, I'm gonna optimize this and any Tom Dick or Harry in the world can find it and contact us. I don't get qualified prospects that way. Okay. I don't get qualified prospects through SEO. Now with paid search, I could take I can upload a list of, as a custom audience to Facebook of all the people that I want as clients, right? Or I can drill down the income. I can drill down the exact people that I want, let's say on Facebook, which is, which is paid. Maybe not paid search, but I'm thinking Facebook when you said that, sorry. Or even on YouTube too, I can drill down my audience to a remarketing pixel or a, a JV partners remarketing pixel where they have the traffic that I want of their audience. And I can run ads only to those people. So the leads that I attract are the right prospects for us. Whereas SEO... I'm just attracting a big wide net of a bunch of random. And then I have to invest a lot of money in people to follow up and consult with unqualified people. Well, I was about to ask you um, whether Facebook was your biggest focus in, te- in terms of paid advertising, but um, perhaps actually you could just hang a second with the thought to that answer, because the next question is... That $10,000 question. Uh, so maybe the answer might be revealed in the answer to this question, which is if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Okay, I'll tell you exactly what I would do. And we're doing this now. This is so much knowledge and wisdom is going to go into this answer for anyone listening. I, I, I swear to you. All right. Okay, I'm listening. I would, I would build a list of your most ideal customer. It could be the members of Facebook groups. It could be the, the guests on podcasts. It could be anybody. Who's, I would build a list of your ideal customer, and then I would hire somebody to do a three- or four-step phone, email, video, and handwritten note reach-out campaign to say maybe 50 prospects a week, 50 key people a week, three to four-step, three four phone calls over the course of a week, four emails over the course of a week, four video messages over the course of a week, four handwritten notes over the course of a week to reach out to them with educational value, examples of what you do, right? Endorsements, testimonials to see if they'd be interested in visiting with you. That's what I would do. I would get a highly targeted list of prospects to have the most likely have the problem that you solve and then have a, a, a very sequential, dedicated, outbound prospector reach out to those people, but a small number of names, very deep, very methodical, very precise messaging. And does it matter who that comes from? Should, should it come on behalf of the head of a company? or is Correct. It, yeah, well, it, should do. It, it would come on the behalf of the head of the company. Now, certainly you can do it yourself, but if you really want done consistently, none of us anyone listening to that will be able to have the discipline to execute that every single week. So you hire somebody, you know, maybe pay them you know, 12 bucks an hour is about right. You know, there's not to be much. And then here's the messaging. Um, hey, uh, Frank with Viral Marketing asked me to reach out. So, they, so they're your executive assistant. So the title is executive assistant to Frank, and they're just reaching out to this person, and the, and the messaging explains why. Hey, you know, hey Brian, uh, Frank with Viral Mar- Marketing asked me to reach out. I understand that you're in, a, you know, you're in Dayton, Ohio, and we have this Facebook ad that's working for somebody in a other Midwestern market. It's attached. And we think that this same ad, just slightly tweaked for Dayton, may work for you. 
Um, check it out. I got some other ads I may want to show you if you're interested. We'd like to talk. Sally. Right. Okay. So it's got to be very personalized. You're not very about bomb- personalized. No, 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 no. Yeah. Because yeah, I get prospecting emails all the time when I click report spam because these people hire these prospecting companies to like just start. They, what they do is they just spam out 100, 200 emails a day. A couple people reply back. You know, here's the email I hate the most. Hey, um, I'm just reaching out to like know who at your company is like in charge of marketing. If you can like put me in touch with the right person, hmm. I get those all the time. Yeah. Right. It, it's like they're going through this big list of people trying to find interest. And you're much better off building a very targeted list of prospects or or compiling it through marketing, like running ads to a landing page, but just somehow getting a really good list and then having a dedicated prospector reaching out with very precise messaging in a sequence of three or four times to, to, to create demand in those individuals. And then once there's demand, they just pass the lead over to you or set the appointment for you to have a more involved conversation. And if at the end of that sequence you felt that that person was still a good lead but not biting at all, I take in it the database. Yes, in the database. Absolutely, they go in the database and they would go on the two we recommended earlier, two educational videos a month okay. to stay in touch and to be in front of them. And then who knows? Maybe that person clicks one of the videos and watches, and that triggers another follow up from somebody in that watches the videos. You got to have a long term nurture plan in place. You know, only a small percentage of people that you reach out to already buy now. The majority are going to come months, quarters, if not years later. You know, we had last year at our firm, you know, double-digit growth. We doubled the size of our employee base and our clients last year. And a darn good majority of those signups were people that we've been nurturing for years in our database. And because the market was good and many of our clients are in real estate, we had a record year in real estate sales last year. A lot of people decided to pull the trigger. And they were getting our emails. They were getting our social updates. I was boosting ads out to that that them as a custom audience on Facebook, and I was even sending them direct mail. Superb advice, Frank. Thank you so much. My number one takeaway. But that takes us to the end of our conversation almost. What's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement now in their businesses? You need to build a list of the people that are most likely to hire you, that have the money to hire you, that have the money to give you, and um, focus all of your efforts into that list. Building that list and working on that list. If you're focusing on just publishing a bunch of videos or publishing a podcast and publishing articles and putting out to the world and magically hope that people are magically going to discover you and buy from you, uh, it tends to be more of a pipe dream than reality. Um, I recommend you need to build a list of people and go extremely deep in the list of people to be able to make sales. Well, thank you so much for your time and your advice. Um, and wonderful advice it was. <laughs> Thank you. What, what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and sure. what you do? Well, just go to Google and just Google our firm, Viral Marketing. It's V-Y as in yellow. So V-Y-R-A-L Marketing. Tap into Google and you find us. And all the information on this there, you see some videos for me. Um, probably, if, you, if you're really interested in reconnecting with your database and you kind of like the, what I was sharing here, I wrote an ebook. It's really good, all educational. It's called The Database Reset. It's like how to reset your database if you've neglected it and you probably need to do something to reconnect with it. You can get that on our website or you can go directly to thedatabasereset.com. So thanks to Frank and thanks dear listener too. If you enjoyed what Frank shared today, here's how you can help. Go and get your friend's iPhone, go to the podcast app and search for Digital Marketing Radio. Click on the show and hit the subscribe button and make them listen too. Finally, I'm also host of another live show every Friday called This Week in Organic. So head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more about that. 
But that's all for now. Until we meet again, adios. And thanks again for joining me, Frank. Uh, great discussion. Sorry.